We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're going out to the leadoff hotline to talk to my friend Therese Paler. He is the senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. You can give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Therese Paler. Therese, how you doing this morning, man? BK, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. I'm so happy to have you on this morning because you wrote a piece earlier this week on Patrick Mahomes and why the Chiefs think he can actually repeat what he did last year. As you were talking with people around the team, as you were talking about Mahomes, uh, once again, of course, because he's one of the biggest stories in, in football right now, what did you come away with that you found interesting about why the team thinks he can repeat what he did last year? Well, the reason that this was a story idea to me is because, again, Patrick Mahomes is the youngest MVP winner in 35 years. And in my years covering the NFL, I've come to understand that when you win an award like that and when you have that kind of clout, because that, that's immediate clout, like right? Like Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, you know, that type of thing. Right. You know, there's a there's a change that can come, not only in how you start acting, because now you have leverage because you're an amazing quarterback and a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but also in how people treat you, teammates, coaches, whatever. Um, and I know it's still early here because, again, he's only 23 and this is his third year, but I, I'm interested in that. And um, I had a story in January about how he remains humble. I encourage people who haven't seen that to check that out. It's on my, you know, Yahoo page. But, you know, the point is, I want to know how that's going because that's going to play a role eventually in how decisions get made and how they build this team around him. So, you know, I'm asking assistant coaches, hey, you know, how's it going with Patrick? You know, um, how, how how are his teammates treating him? And the good news if you're a Chiefs fan is that he's a guy that teammates would, you know, bust chops on last year. They still do it. Um, he gives it back to them. That's still good. Um, he acts the exact same. And this is where his background and the people around him matter so much. Um, during the story I wrote in January, I talked to his godfather, Latroy Hawkins, a long time, MLB veteran. His father obviously played baseball for a long time. Um, and they, they give him advice on how to act and how to like lead a locker room because both those guys played in a professional sport for 10 years, and they know what flies and what doesn't. So if you want to lead men, you know, he's kind of had an advanced course in that. And plus – by most accounts, he's a pretty you know, humble guy in the first place who just wants to be great at football. So um, everything I heard from Eric Bieniemy, Tom Melvin, Greg Lewis kind of just backed that up, and that's where the story came from. It's interesting because I, I was listening to – he was on Pardon My Take earlier this week, and I, you can take it or leave it with whether or not people in the audience like that, that podcast. But he, he said <laughs> something interesting during the podcast that I, I, I think I've heard before, but I'm not sure if I had or not. He was talking about his baseball background, like you mentioned, and that's the number one question he always gets, of course. But he said it's it's not the on-field stuff, like the, the, the throwing, all of that. Like, that's just kind of natural ability in a lot of ways. But what he said really helped him was being able to see the locker room dynamics and being able to yeah. see, like, the guys interact when he was 10, 12, 13 years old and being able to see, oh, this is what it looks like 
and being able to now kind of look back on that as as a kind of a tool for him in terms of being able to lead that locker room, I found that really interesting. It, it, it's something that I didn't necessarily consider previously. Yeah, 100%. And that's where, like, my story came from. Even my story in January. Like, that's where that came from. Like, listen, Latroy, his father, Pat, these guys don't play. Like, I've heard from multiple people now that when Patrick got drafted by the Chiefs, like, Latroy, Pat, have told, told people who are involved with the Chiefs, if you ever have a problem with Patrick, just let us know. <laughs> like, no, like, I'm serious. And look, Patrick's a grown man, you know, but he respects those guys, man. Like, Latroy is a real dude. And his dad knows, like, how to, like, you know, they know how to conduct yourself in a locker room. So, like, when you're a rookie, you know, there's a reason we didn't hear a lot from Patrick as a rookie. Not just because they didn't want to divert away attention from Alex. That was partly the Chiefs. But also because Patrick knew. Patrick knew what that would mean. Like, he knew he got drafted to take this job eventually. But you don't undercut a veteran starter who's respected like that. He got that. And one of the reasons he, like, truly got that was because of what LaTroy and Pat said. Like, they told him. So, um, in many ways, Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn. You know, not just his ridiculous off the talent, <laughs> but in, in, in the – in the in the people around him who've actually been through this before and like kind of know where like the landmarks lie in a year, two, three years, you know, like that's a that's a real blessing and like you're not gonna like find. Re- I mean, it, this is a once in a generation type thing where a guy not only has this talent but like the support system around him to make sure that he continues to stay on the right path. But but let's also give Patrick a lot of credit too. He he genuinely cares about being great at football. And that you know, that that trumps all and that that's what's gonna drive him going forward. But the point is he's he's still very coachable. Eric B enemy in the story I just wrote last, you know, a few days ago. At the enemy, they'll told him, Hey, you're you're getting a little sloppy in your drop back, so let's go. <laughs> he told him that after in the locker room um, or at least in the meeting room after practice. And the very next day, cleaned it up. He's still willing to be coached despite the 150 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, and winning the MVP at 23. We're talking with Therese Paler. He's the senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Therese Paler. All right, Therese, I don't know if you've heard this audio before, but Frank Clark talked with James Palmer earlier this week. And when I heard this audio, my immediate reaction was, that's what the Chiefs defense was missing last year. I want you to listen to this, and then on the other side, I'll, I want to get your reaction to it. This is Frank Clark on NFL Network earlier this week. I feel like a whole lot of swag, a whole lot of game. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like you got to have that. You got to have that. It's 2019. It's a different era of football. Um, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of throwing, a lot of... You know, a lot of um, smack talk going on, but I feel like you just got to have a whole lot of swag, a different swag, a different mentality, and you got to let your nuts hang a little bit, honestly. Um, I feel like this is a sport where you can't be uptight, you can't be scared, and you can't be in fear. Therese, I like D Ford. I like Justin Houston. I like Eric Berry. I liked all those guys. I thought that defense last year had some good players on it. I'm not yeah. sure they had the mentality that Frank Clark and that Tyron Matthew are going to bring, like, you always talk about alpha guys, alpha guys in the locker room that other players kind of gravitate towards. It seems to me just on the probably month now that we've been able to see Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark more up close and personal, it seems like both of those guys are alpha mentalities in spades. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's 100% true. And it's it's something that they understood they needed to kind of address. Like, Eric Berry was a leader because of 
what he overcame and the kind of like, you know, you overcome cancer, be all pro twice. Like that gives you a certain amount of juice, you know. Um, but like guys like this, you know, Matthew, Matthew, um, Frank Clark, it, where it matters is that they're dogs. You know, like these guys are dogs on the field. They love the game of football. Not saying that other guys didn't, but you're going to see with these cats, like there's an ability to like aggressively challenge teammates and like correct on-field mistakes, self-correct. Through, through, like, and when it comes from a teammate who does that, that's a lot more powerful. Now, we need to recognize that Eric Berry had some of that too. Because yeah. when Marcus Peters was here, it was Eric Berry. You know, like, like let's just, hey, Eric Berry, like he listened to Mark, Eric, Marcus Peters listened to Eric Berry, which says a lot about Eric Berry. And not like a cursory listen. Like, he respected that dude. He listened to that dude. And I, I, I truly believe it's not a coincidence that things spiraled a little bit with Marcus when Eric couldn't play and wasn't on the field with him, okay? So let's say that. But so we're not going to disrespect that dude. Absolutely. But Eric. He just well, needed Frank to be on the Clark, field. Like, it, it wasn't an issue of his alpha mentality. Like, he he just yeah, couldn't get on the field, you, you know, for sure. Honestly, honestly, DK, I'm not saying you are. I, I have seen some slander here in, like, kind of, you know, like, I'm not good with that because I know, like, what he meant to that room. But the, these two cats, they're going to be there. They're going to be able to play, and they're going to bring it. And when you get out of your gap as a defensive lineman and you continue to abandon your run responsibilities, it ain't going to be Brendan Daly who's just yelling at you. It's going to be Frank Clark. And Frank Clark's going to put a little nasty on it, and you're probably going to need the, you're probably going to need to acquiesce to what he says. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The best football teams self-correct through leadership. Um, it's like Miami in the early 90s, at least on the field. Like, hey, you know, you don't do your job on the field. You're going to have to see the other 10 dudes on your side of the ball. And it's going to be nasty. Like, you're not going to want to hear it. Do you get what I'm saying? And when you get to January, like, you need guys like that um, that aren't afraid, that can help self-correct, and are, and are going to bring some nastiness to you because this is not an easy game, and it ain't a friendly one. And when times get tough, you better make sure you got some of that. I've got two questions left. Therese Paler is our guest. He is the senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. You can give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Therese Paler. Therese, you have seen now what Steve Spagnolo looks like at OTAs. I know we don't get a lot of access down there, but you've at least seen it up close and personal. For our audience who has not seen what it looks like to watch Steve Spagnolo coach compared to what it had been previously, what have you noticed? <laughs> I think that says it all. What have you noticed, Therese, in terms of the difference among this coaching staff defensively and what they had previously? Well, it, here's the deal. Like, at the end of the day, some you're going to get a boost defensively in general whenever you change. Like, whenever you switch coordinators and the changes and the switch is a competent one, right? Like, you get a boost because it catches everybody's eyebrows. Like, all right, it's a new guy, got to win his trust, all that. But it's the way he's going about it. He's just so vocal. Like, I've never heard Bob Sutton talk. And that doesn't, it doesn't mean that you need to hear him, like, on the field, correct people for you to be a great defensive coordinator. Like, I just went to New England. I never heard Bill Belichick either. But I will say, you know, um, I think. He's such a drastic, stylistic difference in delivering the message from Bob. I think that's only going to help. And, you know, honestly, this, the defense has had so many bad moments here when it mattered. I, I think more than anything, they just kind of needed to get something new in the mix, you know, just so when you get to January, guys don't have it in the back of their minds that, uh, here we go again. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of want to make sure you have it so 
you know, guys have a reason to believe this year is going to be different. And I think the switch to four three is going to help. It's far more consistent with what Andy had back in Philly under Jim Johnson, Steve Spagnolo, of course, uh, coached under Jim Johnson. These guys are going to get after people. They're going to be aggressive. And honestly, like, can we? Let me get your opinion on this, right? Like, because I respect that. I respect you, your opinion. Like. If this team was like 28th in defense next year, but they did it being aggressive, I think people would be annoyed and mad, but not like they'd be otherwise. Yeah, I like mean, at least they're going to be aggressive. You can uh, it's it's a it's a difference in terms of like what we're talking about here. But the Royals are every bit as bad this year as they were last year. But I'm less mad about right. it this year because at least they've got some good players out there. Like they've added a little bit to the core this year with what Hunter Dozier's done and Mondesi. Like they've got guys out there that right. I can see as being part of their future. If the Chiefs have basically the same in terms of the overall outcome, the overall statistics, defense as they had a year ago, but they go about it in a way where they get a few more key stops and they're instead of it just being sacks, like there's other things that come it, along with it. it. Yeah, yeah, that stuff matters. The way that it happens really matters. Absolutely. Like, as long as they're just not taking it and taking it and not blitzing and not running stunts and games up front and, you know, not being aggressive. Like, I think people are going to be like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, no now, more Justin if, Houston if another, covering 20 yards down the field. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> right. And if they have a look, if they have another defensive collapse, like, the heat's going to fall on Andy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is. But it's still not going to be the same as if he kept Bob Sutton. All right, final question for Therese Baylor of Yahoo Sports. I've taken you longer than I expected to, but I have one more question because it's something – You're the best, man. I appreciate it. Um, you there, There's something that I've noticed this offseason, and it is that when people are talking about contenders in the AFC, the Patriots obviously get brought up, the Chargers obviously get brought up, the Chiefs are in that mix as well. But the team that a lot of people are talking about as a contender in the uh-huh. AFC and that has a potential better future than the Chiefs is the Colts. Listen, I yeah. like Chris Ballard. I like Andrew Luck. I'm just confused by the love that the Colts have received this offseason because their big acquisitions are Devin Funches, who we've all had on our fantasy mm-hmm. team and all cut after six weeks every year, and Justin Houston, <laughs> who was literally just cut by the Chiefs because they had an awful defense and was overpaid by the Chiefs. I'm just I'm confused by it, Therese, and I'm looking to you to hopefully give me a glimmer of you. explanation as to why this is. I can help you because I'm actually one of the people that believe the Colts are ascending. I can help you here. Um, here's, here's the thing, man. I, look, I've watched a lot of Colts tape or whatever because I got ready for the playoff game here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very competently coached team. Um, Frank Reich is a really good coach, and he knows what he's doing. And let me tell you something else. Their defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, got Brandon, I'm telling you. Mazuga, actually. It's not a whole – there's not a whole lot of defense. I mean, there's not a whole lot of talent on that defense. And they were still pretty competent last year, okay? Like, their defensive line was bad. Like, these are replacement-level guys. And that was a team that won all those games and went to the playoffs. They, like, it, it, they fit the mold of a team that's only ascending. Their offensive line is fantastic. You know that. Um, and they're still young. Um, I, I just think it's a really competently coached team and a young team that's ascending. And we all know that Chris Ballard is really good at talent evaluation. And there's one other thing. Let's see how much cap space they still have. A ton. So that, that's a Yeah, but you got to spend it, Therese. That's the thing. Like I, I, He's being really smart with everything he's done. He's building through the draft. 
But, Therese, I just watched this in Green Bay, and Ted Thompson got fired because he didn't build through free agency. He didn't build through other avenues the way that people expected them to at this point in 2019. So, like, as much as I love Chris Ballard, and I love Chris Ballard, I think he's really good at his job, like, you had $100 million in cap space this offseason, and so far what it's netted you is Justin Houston and Devin Funchess. And that, that, that just seems a little strange to me. I mean, yeah, you don't just spend it to spend it, though. I mean, I tell sure. you that much. Sure. I mean, there, there are guys you can go get, and that's fine. But, uh, I mean, I'll also say this. You know, he's not just going to just hold the cap space and never spend it. Um, do I think that the Colts are going to be better than the Chiefs this year? No. Um, but do I think that they are positioned to potentially be a force in the AFC? Yeah, and I think you have to, like, recognize that because they have so many resources, um, and they're a really well-coached team with a really good GM. Um, and they did so well last year, despite not having a whole lot of talent on defense. Plus, there's one other aspect here you're not considering. Yeah. All those young draft picks that they've had the last few years, like they take time to develop. So what do I always say? Like rookies typically stink, right? Mm. Well, years the development between years one and two, and sometimes two and three, is when you see guys really start to get good. So there's going to be some self-improvement because now when I look at that defense, like a lot of those guys I thought kind of stunk last year, they were really young. So like there's a lot of guys that are just going to keep getting better. And there were guys, they drafted a lot of guys that I liked coming out, and I just knew they need a year or two to become good. So there's that aspect of it too. Chris Ballard's talent evaluation is A1. So a lot of these guys that didn't show it last year or the year before, they're going to start showing it now. So that's where the improvement comes, along with Frank being an elite coach. An excellent coach. He, you got to win a Super Bowl to be a leader, at least get to one. But I do believe in Frank Reich, and I do believe in Chris Ballard. He's Therese Paler. He's the fantastic senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. He is on Twitter, at Therese Paler. Please tweet at him and thank him for giving us so much time this morning. Therese, you are the best, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. I always enjoy the conversation with you, my friend. I was, man. Take care. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 